Hello there. General Kenobi! You are listening to Mando Talk, your home for the Mandalorian chapter breakdown, speculation, and all kinds of Star Wars fun. Well, welcome back, all of you Ugnaughts and Jawas out there to another episode of Mando Talk, and we have got to talk about the finale, the granddaddy of them all, Chapter 16, The Rescue. Uh, Nolan Ferris, welcome back into the studio. Glad to have you. Good to be back. It's good to have, like, this episode is the best episode you could possibly be back in, so let's freaking go. Let's do it. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Let's go. BA, Brandon, what's up? Oh, you know. It's a great episode. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And we also have Jacob Keller back with us as well. How's it going, y'all? I'm it's... stoked to be here. Stoked to talk about this beautiful episode. Yeah. I'll say that beautiful. Yeah, That's it, what I thought of it. It was beautifully shot, uh, mm-hmm. beautifully directed, beautifully written. Beautifully ended. <laughs> beautifully performed. Beautifully everything. Beautifully scored. Yes. Yeah. Like everything from the beginning to end. I, I am well pleased uh, expectations exceeded, uh, and let's just absolutely like, let's just go ahead and get into it. Go so, ahead and hit him with a spoiler warning up top. Spoiler, always heavy. forget it. Yeah, like don't get spoiled. You do not want this episode, this chapter of the Mandalorian spoiled for you. If you have not seen Chapter Sixteen, The Rescue, hit pause and come back to us after you've spent about forty-five minutes watching chapter 16 of Mm -hmm. the Mandalorian. So it was written by John Favreau, the man himself. Uh, I can't say enough about Favreau at this point. I think we've said everything possible about Favreau. He's delivering and he's making a lot of star Wars fans happy, especially tonight and directed by Peyton Reed. So the individual that directed chapter 10, the frog lady episode, Ant-Man, Ant-Man and the wasp, uh, all of those things. He was back, and I know that news came out before today, came out yesterday. I think Pedro Pascal talked about it, Uh, and a lot of people were like, well, I'm not really looking forward to that based on Chapter 10, I believe, but I feel like he delivered. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, very much so. It was perfect, and I think we've already hit on that. It was perfect, so let's just dive into it, okay? All right. Uh, The very beginning of the episode, we start off hot. Uh Uh-huh. Slave One is chasing uh, an Imperial shuttle. We find out that Dr. Pershing is on that Imperial shuttle, and they talk about how he is, in fact, a clone engineer. Uh, I think we've already gotten confirmation of that, but there's double down, triple down of that if you still didn't know that. Right. Um, Cara Dune goes off. Really mm-hmm. cool opening moment there with that precise shot that knocked out that Imperial. Yeah, he struck pilot. A nerve. Yeah, yeah. He struck a nerve heavy in that like scene with the uh what is it, the pilot or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um that was some interesting kind of perspective going back to um uh, was it what New Hope? Yeah, yeah going back yeah. to the rebellion. Going all the way back to where this whole galaxy started basically yeah so the pilot said that he was on the death star and cara dune asked which one (laughs) yeah and that (laughs) got (laughs) under his skin a little bit yeah yeah they were poking fun at each other there or getting under each other's skins but just the the verbiage that that was used there gives you some sort of perspective the different sides and everything because you know he says uh your little planet was a small price to to pay Mm -hmm. to rid the galaxy of terrorism right you know, yeah, that's how they're seeing it. Right. Yeah, that's you know, it's a u- united system 
whatever under the empire. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's always really good. Being all conquered, but yeah, it's always good to see it from that aspect too. Because I think we've always touched on it, and I think we honestly point it out every time it comes up. Mm-hmm. Every time we get to peel back the layer a little bit and see what the bad guys see and see why they think they're good, it's always interesting. Yeah, that's my fate. I mean, I think they need to do a dark side movie. Yeah, well, I think we're gonna be, be getting cool to one see. of those TV shows. We'll be a with, series, uh, yeah, we talked about it a little bit last the week. The Acolyte. Uh, I think that one's gonna be one of those that delivers that. Now, I do have a yeah. question about this opening scene. Um, tracking as far as how they got there. For me personally, like, are y'all good with just diving straight into it and just assuming they figured out where this Imperial shuttle was, or do y'all still want? answers to that or do you and one thing that i possibly thought of was the pilots like co-pilot like he seemed kind of iffy and seemed like he might have been feeding information to people i don't know what i think he just uh wasn't willing to die when he could hand over the doctor and live yeah you know yeah and i'm okay with boba fett being the pilot of the slave and him being a bounty hunter his entire life having the ability to track people across the galaxy just because that's what he do- that's what he's done his entire yeah. life. No, that's a good point. And we should probably just trust that Boba Fett is good at tracking the the things and people that he needs to track down. I mean, they get the tracking number, the what is it, the chain code oh, yeah, or yeah, whatever. Right, right. Okay. So I mean I think I don't know if they've got like a computer or whatever they type that into and yeah. it tells them the coordinates or whatever. <laughs> maybe, but maybe I'm assuming that's sort of how it works yeah like the gps well they probably punch in coordinates just like they did in the falcon throughout well, the i mean entire... yeah it's, it's like you know find my phone right. you know, maybe they got plug in the phone number. uh maybe they got the location of this shuttle from the uh the data that they got true. from that terminal true. true yeah and I, I guess i was just thinking he was solely focused on moff gideon's cruiser yeah uh, that i just didn't really know how exactly they found that shuttle but hey I'm good with it. I just wanted to throw that quick discussion out there with that opener. I really enjoyed the opening sequence. Um, And so once they uh, finish that opening sequence, they take Dr. Pershing captive, and they also um, hold on to that Imperial shuttle, which is going to be an important part in their plan later. But before they start that plan, Din has someone in mind that he wants to go find. Uh, and me and Jacob, I think we knew it as soon, as soon as we get to this planet, mm-hmm. we see this Mandalorian ship. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's Bo-Katan. And, uh, I was really excited in the fact that she was back. It makes sense. It makes sense with this episode, but also the future of whatever they decide to do with the Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. Um, what was y'all's thoughts on that? Just cafeteria or not cafeteria, cantina kind of yeah. scene. There, BA, I'll go to you first with that. What do you think about Bo's confrontation, especially specifically with Boba Fett there? Uh kind of heated there the first mm. few minutes. I was just gonna say in shade. <laughs> I was just gonna say it's like a lot of Star Wars fans that have probably gotten the news that that Boba is a Mandalorian. Mm-hmm. I think Bo Katan and I forget her Cosca Reeves. Cosca Reeves have the same reaction a lot of us did. They're like, nah, he's still not a Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they yeah. even call him a clone at one point and that they've heard his right. voice a million times. Yeah. So. Yeah, a lot of thorough and shade between mm-hmm. these. This I group. thought it was <laughs> uh, I thought it was particularly interesting that, um, you know, she said, you bring shame to that armor. Oh, yeah. And I was like, man, oh, oh, calling him out. It's about to go down. Yeah. Like when he said, and then he's like, it's my father's armor. 
do that. that was I was a like, birthday. oh my gosh. Okay, Tamir Morrison, what's up? <laughs> yeah, well, glad you're in what studio. Up, no. <laughs> Y'all need some voiceover. Now, I do want to give props, um, the acting to, as soon as Boba Fett said something, like, Bo-Katan was sitting there mm-hmm. and immediately recognized that's a clone voice. So I know you're not Mandalorian because I've heard that voice thousands of times. That was awesome to me. Uh, and again, props and to the you, acting you, on that. It's easy to, to forget that and like, you know, I don't know. It's it's easy for me to just be like, ah, I I forgot that. And then when mm-hmm. it comes back up, you're like, oh my goodness, yeah, she's yeah, yeah. right. I mean, and then you start thinking about, okay, Bo-Katan's past and what she's done and, and the right. yeah. work she's done with, you know, clones. Yeah. And it's, it's crazy. Now, I would personally love to know what planet that was on. Uh, I'm not sure we've seen that planet before. Uh, I'm sure maybe it's been mentioned in canon before somewhere, but I, I mm-hmm. would love to know just a title of exactly where they're at. I'm sure it's probably close to Mandalore. B.A. said it looks like Ohio. Because <laughs> <laughs> all the, the smokestacks. <laughs> I gotcha. No, I, I'm assuming it would be close in coordinate to Mandalore if that's where they're trying to go. Maybe. Well, again, but Bo is still trying to find Moff, so I don't know. Maybe she's kind of on the tails of Moff Gideon as well. And again, well, we, Boba and Din are just good at tracking people down. But again, I would still just love to know exactly where she was and kind of get to know exactly her mission as well. Yeah. That's something else I was going to say too and uh, was going to ask you guys about. You know, when uh, Dan walks in, he's like, uh, you know, I'm looking for Moff Gideon and, or uh, I need your help to go to Moff Gideon. And she's like, he can't be found. Do you think she's given oh, yeah. up? I forgot about that. I Do you think she, she had given that. up trying uh, to find him? I don't think she had. I think it's just that she hadn't really thought of any other way to find the coordinates that they needed to find him mm. because she isn't in cahoots with anyone who's an ex-imperial who could get access to a, a terminal, for example, and get those coordinates. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, I think I don't think she'd given up. I think she's just, um, you know, probably down and out. I mean, just like us on a daily basis, sometimes we have hard days and we're just like, nah, I ain't doing yeah. this anymore. Yeah. Like, I need a break. Nah, bro. <laughs> yeah. I think it's just one of those moments. I think she's very dedicated to get, oh, yeah. getting that saber oh, yeah. and getting back to Mandalore. Now, there is one thing, though, to quickly mention as we're kind of talking about Mandalore. Uh, the reason why Bo-Katan commits to, well, not necessarily the reason. I think it's, again, somebody else that cares for the child as they go along. Just somewhere in their heart, they find care for him and want to save him. Mm-hmm. But Bo-Katan gets Din Djarin to essentially commit to her cause, getting back to Mandalore and making Mandalore great again. Um, and I think that was a really cool moment for me because I think that that teases at the future of yeah, the Mandalorian yeah, yeah, again. Yeah. Because I think after this season, maybe that's where the shift of focus for Din and Bo specifically yeah. go from here. Yeah, she says, if I help you on this mission, then I'll ask you, if we accomplish it, I'll ask you to reconsider your uh, joining my cause. Right, right. And I th- and he says, that's when he says, fair enough, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. yeah. I like that. See, I like that line. <laughs> um, one thing I'm curious about, uh, we see that on their journey to find Moff Gideon and everything after they team up or whatever, mm-hmm. you know, she is very adamant 
We don't really understand why, or I didn't understand why. I got gotcha. uh, me being a novice <laughs> in the Clone Wars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but we understand why towards the end of the episode of why she's so adamant that she has to like Moff Gideon's mind. Yeah, and uh, that makes perfect sense now. But he's he's not really caring. Like Din Djarin Din, is no. not is like I, I don't care anything about this. I just want to like. Yeah, when I, get I just the want kid my back. baby back. Yeah, I yeah. think he's just again solely focused on that mission at hand at first, and I think once he does get Grogu back and he finishes the mission of getting him to a Jedi, then I think we'll see him turn a little bit and be more focused in on getting back to Mandalore. Well, which, and we kind of see him kind of double cross more. <laughs> yeah, this he is kinda, season three speculation. Yeah, <laughs> did you guys feel like he double crossed Bo-Katan there for a minute? Uh, when he was in there with Moff Gideon, he was like, look, I don't care. You can keep the dark saber. I just need the child back. That's a good point. And that is actually something that I kind of thought about. And I was like, Ooh, it's, and there for a second, dude, I thought it was going to be over. Like just walk out. And then the fight was going to be between Moff Gideon and Bo-Katan. Mm-hmm. But yeah, no, I, I don't know exactly. And I, but I think, I don't know. I think Din probably in the back of his mind knew that Bo and crew had the ship pretty much contained at that point. So if he did just walk out with Grogu, he probably felt like Bo and Kara and everyone else could probably handle the situation. Um, but I don't know. That's that's a good, interesting question. I think Moff Gideon is one of those characters that's always thinking ahead of the game, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, so I think everything in that scenario played out perfectly for Moff. But again, yeah. we'll, we'll get to that a little bit later. Uh, incredible stuff when we do get to that cruiser. But before we get there, real quickly, I think, again, something else to point out, that something that you might have missed. Uh, Doc, Dr. Pershing, while they're kind of coming up with their plan, just real quickly yeah, mentions yeah, yeah. that it's third-generation dark troopers. I thought that was really interesting because I know yeah. a long... Like, we did it, talk about It seems them, yeah. like a long time ago, but like, like three, two, three, episodes, three right? episodes ago, we talked about what phase these troopers were going to be in. I guess it turns out they're in the third phase, which they're full droids. Um, and, man, they, they show down later, which too. But <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and admit um, I was wrong on <laughs> s- in several speculations uh, throughout this episode. Uh, you know, Boba Fett didn't die. Spoiler, we'll get there. Just, <laughs> just wait. But Boba Fett didn't die, and then... Um, we thought that the third generation dark troopers were going to be suits, and Moff Gideon right. was going to get in one. Yeah, wrong again. Yeah, we were wrong. Our wrong. perfect record uh, did not last the entire season. That's for no. sure. Just about. That it. is for sure. Just about. Now, it. that was the last time that we saw Doctor Pershing. Where did he go? That's a great question. Um, I think it is possible that he escaped on that cruiser. Uh, nah, you don't think so. Well, I think not the he's cruiser. In the ship Sorry, with not Boba the cruiser. Fett. The um, shuttle. Like once they Did all they have him on the shuttle. He was on the shuttle as oh. they were approaching. Now I don't know if he huh. if they switched location if they put him in the slave one after they came up with that plan. Yeah. Because Boba wasn't in there when they were making that plan either. So Boba was already in the slave one. So I don't know how exactly or where exactly he went. But regardless, he's still alive. I think. I mean, hundred percent. I think he's still alive until I think he's too big of a character. Yeah, until he's show. shown dead, <laughs> he's still out there doing whatever he's got to do for Moff Gideon's future plans. Yeah, I just wanted to well, throw it out there. Go for it. Speculation. I know okay. we're trying to stick away from that, but uh, 
Speaking on that, you know, he's a cloning scientist. Mm-hmm. This isn't the last time we're seeing clones in Star Wars. In about 20 years, you're going to have Snoke. So maybe right. he's either escaped or goes with Boba Fett and Boba Fett sells him to the New Republic or something. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I, I think we'll eventually get an answer for it for sure. But uh, but I do. I like don't think he's dead, and I uh-huh. think he will be used, and we will see him again. Yeah, to recreate Snoke or help, um, you know, Palpatine come back. Mm-hmm. Something will we'll get clarification on yeah. that. No, I I have no doubt about that either. I think he's heavily connected in that storyline somewhere. It just depends on where they want to tell it. Well, let me ask now you we this. got like four or five different shows where they could tell that story. So, yeah. we'll just see when it happens. Here's another thing too that I, I I thought about, you know, Boba Fett is a clone. Mhm. And if he does and if Dr. Pershing does go with him, you know, he's going to recognize that voice. And then you oh, know, yeah. they might get to talking. Um, but I think Boba Fett being a clone will tie in some way with it. And, you know, he might know Django or, you know. It's possible. I know that's a long time ago, but. Yeah. Yeah, it's possible. Any other thoughts on that kind of scene before we get into the heavy action of the episode? There is one more thing, though, uh, that I just thought of. Uh, Dr. Pershing also, or someone mentioned, no, Kara mentioned, Kara Dune mentioned that Moff Gideon was ex-ISB. Mm-hmm. Thought that was interesting. Uh, is he, so I know before the season started, we talked uh, about how he was an Inquisitor. Yeah, is he no longer that? about that. Is he, are we throwing that off the table? I guess so, yeah. Okay. Okay, what is ISB? Imperial Security Bureau. Yep. Basically like FBI, kind of. CIA. CIA a little bit. CIA of the, the Empire. Empire. Yeah. So, I don't know. I guess that throws the Inquisitor idea off the table. Yeah. Because he's not, again, he's not necessarily wanting to kill Grogu. He's just taking his blood, which they could go hand in hand, though. (laughs) Yeah, they could go in hand. (laughs) Anyway, I thought that was cool. We just get that little plug there as far as Moff Gideon's past being ex ISB, and then we get into the action. So, Bo Katan, Casca Reeves, Cara Dune, and Din Djarin land and crash that Imperial shuttle inside the cruiser, and Boba Fett skirts. He gets out of there. I was kind of surprised by that. I thought Boba was somehow going to be involved with the action, mm-hmm. but we kind of got Boba in the action the past two episodes, so I was okay with that. I'm glad that we focused more so on these other characters. Um, but I will say, once they get out of that shuttle... The action that the four ladies have, Bo, Casca, Kara, and Finnick, incredible. Mm-hmm. Great action, incredible movements, yeah. uh, perfection, in my opinion. But yeah, what do you think about those four being together? They took over a whole ship. Yeah, they Just did. Just four people. They, I was gonna say, they worked very well <laughs> together. They were like trained, it seemed like, to right. just mow down all the stormtroopers yeah. in their way. Now, that's a group of people again, and I think I said it about Finnick and Kara from last week. I want to see those four together some more. Yeah, uh, that'd be cool. In any way possible, it'd be awesome to continue. It to see built that. on last episodes, Finnick and Kara being together. They just added two yeah. more to the picture, and so, it seemed to work even better. Yeah, it's kind of like Kara and Finnick have a little connection now, and then uh, Bo and Casca obviously have a connection, and so now they brought those du- two duos together. So yeah, which I thought there might be some hiccups because uh, when Bo Katan said that she first wanted Moff Gideon. 
Kara was like, no, we need him alive. And I thought there was going to be yeah. a rift there. But I think yeah. once they got on the ship, they kind of ironed out those details. Yeah, yeah. I think I think so. Neither I think one so. of them got him. <laughs> now, when Din finally gets involved in the mission, he gets to, or he's trying to get close to Grogu, and he's trying to shut down the dark troopers from being fully activated. Yeah. He fails as far as at least one of them breaks out. What y'all think about that fight sequence between the Dark Trooper and Din Djarin? Oh my goodness, it was intense. Okay, by this point in the episode, I think my heart was racing because something bad could have gone down. Yeah, um, and God, he takes a beating. I don't know how he's walking after that. <laughs> honestly, I don't know how he's walking and using his right arm after yeah. that. Yeah, because just seeing how strong the Dark Troopers look. It looks like they could twist your arm out of socket like <laughs> like a wookie. Yeah. <laughs> like it ain't like it's nothing. Yeah. Um and then bashing his head into the wall. Oh my gosh, what did y'all think of that? That was pretty cool. That helmet's got to be super strong. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. Uh one thing I was noticing is the lightsaber was super heating the Beskar. Um and I thought that it was going to like heat it up and then melt it and cut through it. Are you talking about Moff Gideon and uh oh so the dark saber with Din Djarin? Yeah. Okay, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. All right. You went ahead of what what I was thinking. Um yeah, no, I agree with that. That was that was really interesting to see too. I thought that that I thought the like the dark saber was going to burn through the Beskar spear. Yeah, no, it looked like that. It looked and like that's it was, why was do like that. Like every time you'd see it get red and yellow and right. bright white and I was like right. oh here it comes and then like they would slide down yeah no that that fight scene was incredible too mm-hmm. between Moff and Din now one thing so, that well to end the fight with the dark trooper mm-hmm. Din finally like gets out of a out out from the grappling of this droid um he whips out that spear and finally Gets it in the neck. Right. That's a weak spot. And then also he, and B.A., you kind of seemed a little disappointed in this moment. He shoots all the dark troopers out of the cruiser, and we thought that was it. We don't, thought. Don't worry, they come back. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. come back. <laughs> they fly now? <laughs> they fly now. <laughs> so, yeah, Din thinks that he successfully gets rid of all the dark troopers. Yeah. And so he then goes to Moff where their showdown occurs uh, and this heavy tension in this scene uh, between yeah. the conversation with Din. He's got the dark saber Gideon. hovering over yeah. Grogu the entire time. I mean, that just sets up a tense, yeah. a tense moment. Like he, yeah. <laughs> uh, and Moff actually offers to take for Din to take Grogu. He's like, you know what? Just take him. Uh, I got what I want from him. I got his blood. So we're all good. You know, I see the bond that you have with him. Yeah, and, and Din's doing fake tears. Din is obviously like silly to think the fact that he's just gonna be able to pick up Grogu and walk out of there. Uh, and that's when Moff sees his opportunity to strike. Yeah. Um, and here again, here's a moment that I think maybe Moff planned, and we can go ahead and transition. Yeah, a absolutely. Bit too. I personally feel like Moff might have lost that battle mm-hmm. on purpose because he knew the confrontation that that was going to cause with Din and Bo. Absolutely. That's that's what I think, 100%. Okay. 
uh, because we know that um, Giancarlo Esposito has talked about how he would get Din Djarin to fight his own battles for him, mm-hmm. right? And then we see how... Oh, I forgot about that yeah, quote. Yeah. Then we see how, you know, he's smart. He When he gets up to the bridge and, you know, <laughs> Bo-Katan sees yeah, that Din has the dark saber. She's not happy. She's ticked. He's smiling the yeah, whole time. With blood. He's like, <laughs> yeah, he's smiling. He knows what he's just done. Yeah. I think he planned that. Mm-hmm. Now, I will give Din some credit. I mean, he obviously he du- dueled pretty well. Yeah. But still, I do think Moff played it a little easy on him, just so that confrontation would occur. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, <laughs> it's like he knew that he was going to be spared, too, right? Yeah. He said, you're going to spare me? This is going to be interesting. Right. And again, I think it attests to the fact that he knew exactly what was going to happen. Yeah. So we do finally get to the bridge. In well, why do y'all think that Dan decided to spare him? Because I think that's just how Din is, personally. Because Din okay. doesn't care about anything that has to do with the Darksaber, Mandalore. He doesn't care about the dark side, the light side, Imperial, the New Republic. He doesn't care about any of it. I think he's just there to get Grogu. In he that is moment. just there for, yeah. like he said, he said Grogu is, or the child is my only priority. Yeah. That's all he is there to do. Right. That is it. Like he does not care about anything else. He's like, I'm not gonna kill you. It doesn't matter to me. And he's like, I know that they really want you. And so he took them to him. I mean, what if he would have killed him? And then Bo-Katan would have been well, even more mad. Well, he didn't know that. Like, you know, she's the one that had to beat him. But she, he was just thinking, okay, well, they wanted him, so I'm gonna take you to him. Right. Yeah, I think that's really. I don't think there's any underlying like. All right. Outside of Din's, just I, for me personally, I just saw it as Din. Din's revealed his heart lately as just being somebody that's not as brutal as maybe we thought. Yeah. Necessarily, but yeah, I also he's a like softy. I also like that take that uh, again. He's just there for Grogu, and he knows that Bo wants Moff, so he yeah. was going to take him, and also Kara wants him alive too. Yeah, yeah, so, yeah. I think that also probably played yeah, a part. Bo Katan just wanted to beat him so right. she could get the and then she's like, Well, after you you know, you can have him after I get done with him. Yeah. Agreed. I just need one thing from her or something. She said something along those lines. Right. So I, I think it comes da- back to those two things, I guess, now that we've kinda talked that out. Uh both Kara and Bo want him, so he holds off. He stops there. Uh, so they do finally get to the bridge, and then again, that's where Bo gets conflicted, uh, which brings me like a really interesting point here in question. Uh, Star Wars Rebels, Bo-Katan is given the Darksaber by Sabine. Same situation. Bo did not win the Darksaber when she got it. Mm-hmm. She didn't duel somebody to get it. Sabine gave it to her. The only difference is Sabine and Bo-Katan were alone. No one else was around, so Bo accepted the gift, and she went out there and toted it, acting like she was the next ruler of Mandalore. The next Mandalore. Right. So my my question here, and I guess I don't, it's not really a question, but it's more so kind of my opinion with this. I feel like if no one else had been around, she would have been like, yeah, 
I'll take it and I'll reclaim Mandalore kind of the first way that I wanted to do it. Uh, but because there's an audience, I think she knows she can't. Well, and that was kind of stoked up. That's why I think um, Moff Gideon was like, oh, this is going to be interesting. Yeah. And he's sitting here thinking like, oh, yeah, I'm going to get her goose right here. Mm-hmm. And he was like, oh, yeah, you can't take that. You can't take that and still have honor. You can't do it. Yeah. You can't right. do it. And she's like, well, crap, he's right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but and, like, yeah, like if you said, and if nobody was around, she'd be like, oh, really? Wow. <laughs> thanks. But I beat him. <laughs> you know? It, you know. But again, part of me also feels like maybe, and I that's part of it, 100%. But I also think maybe Bo possibly learned the first time around that maybe she shouldn't just accept it as a gift because yeah. obviously the first time around she wasn't able to successfully she didn't have the strength to keep it and right. keep Mandalore and so maybe she's more dedicated to following those yeah. Mandalorian rules with the dark saber this time around yeah I just because wanted to throw that out there well and gaining does, it by strength and right. not by being given it mm-hmm. and to play off of that he does say that the dark saber has no power yeah. It's a story, basically. It's the story, and maybe I think that is a little bit on the lines of what you guys are saying. Like, yeah, she lost it because it's a story, and she didn't follow the rules of the book. Yeah, something, yeah. something. Like you know, that. you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah. That's like, a cool way to put it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. I love all of these Mandalorian like lore and culture things. And again, that was one of the things we came into with season two wanting, and as as far as I'm concerned, they delivered. Yeah. Um, I still have questions, yeah. obviously. Like, how did Moff get the Darksaber in the mm-hmm. first place? What exactly but, happened with the Purge? And what does Mandalore look like now? Yeah. Where people continually call it, you know, the Empire made it into glass. Yeah, Boba says that directly, I think, in this episode. Yeah. yeah. Really cool stuff. Really cool stuff there. Now, let's go ahead and get to this part. The Dark Troopers come back. Uh, surprise, BA. They're back. They're relevant still. I mean, are they relevant, though, in the end? They were really just there for epic action. I mean, yeah. <laughs> but uh, the crew seems dead. Like, there's no way out of this. They're caving into the bridge. Uh, but then we see an X-Wing. And I'm going to pause oh, man. there. <laughs> and I'll pause there. And let's just go around. Let's go around the table. When you saw the X-Wing, did you think it was, in fact... Luke Skywalker, BA, yes or no? My naive mind, I was like, it's that <laughs> dude from the uh, the Spider Ice Planet or whatever. Yeah, the, the I was like, it's gonna be them, pilot. and there's gonna be a bunch behind them. Yeah, but then he, it's like as soon as it landed, I was like, there's no way. That's yeah, that'd yeah. be anticlimactic, mm-hmm. honestly. Um, that's an interesting take. I I kind of agree with that a little bit. That's that was one of the thoughts that came into my mind. Jacob, what about you when you saw that X wing? I um. For the first five seconds, I was like, is a fleet going to jump out of hyperspace behind it? Mm-hmm. But then when I saw that it focused landed, in on it alone. That I focused in on it, landed <laughs> on the ship, I was like, y'all heard me. I was like, no way. <laughs> okay. And Nolan, what'd you think as soon as you saw the X-Wing? Go ahead. Yeah. This, well, is, this is the moment. <laughs> so, Star Wars fans, there are certain types of, of people and we are among those. Yes, um, we are. Guilty. <laughs> but when it comes to something like this, yes. Follow the rules of social media. Follow the rules, man. Come on. 
I mean, Kali. don't <laughs> post a picture of a green lightsaber in front of the child. You, <laughs> you big D-bags. Goobers. <laughs> so, in other words, you were spoiled. I did have it spoiled for me. I, I'm really sorry for that, man. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't my fault, so I'm not apologizing on my behalf or anything. But I I'm didn't sorry spoil it for you, you guys. That. Yeah, we appreciate um, that. But the main event... It did spoil it for me. Okay. Um, now it was disappointing. Yeah. That you that, were that I didn't get to that it got spoiled for me. The, yeah. No, yeah. The 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 thing wasn't disappointing, but when I saw it, I was like, oh, yeah. "Well, there's that." <laughs> yeah. Like, yes. I mean, what else are you gonna say? It's it's awesome. I mean, yeah. And I'm not gonna lie. After it got spoiled, I just went ahead and started reading some of the comments <laughs> and. You know, I knew oh, the whole no. episode, oh, man. so I fell oh, into no. the rabbit hole. Oh, but man. okay, um, okay. But I didn't like see it in my mind the way they were, the way you guys were were oh, talking yeah. about it. So okay. seeing it was amazing. Obviously, okay, that's good and, to hear. Um, the the one thing that I was super excited to see and that didn't get spoiled for me was R2-D2. Okay, no, that's good. <laughs> so I, I was like, that. wow. Yeah, R2-D2 here on the table. Go ahead. to the table. There he is. <laughs> um, now, I, it does stink that you were spoiled with that. Uh, yeah, hush R2. We're trying to talk. <laughs> the music, though, as oh, that yeah. scene was going uh, on, and it wasn't your traditional Star Wars music. Yeah. It was more... And first of all, the music throughout the episode, let's just bring attention to that real quick while yeah. I'm here. Uh, but yeah, I'll go ahead and say it. I, I got misty-eyed. I did too. Pretty heavily. <laughs> uh, I mean, and let's... Let's just be honest. It was coming a downpour. Okay, yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> let's put it back in the scene of the movie, and then we can explain why me and Caleb got emotional, because we're such Star Wars dorks. Well, um, yeah, you explain it. The dark side, the dark troopers have taken over the ship. They're about to break into the bridge and kill everybody. And then we see the X-Wing has landed on the ship. Mm -hmm. And then we see a figure in a dark cloak. Hooded figure. Walking through the hallways. All black. Yep. Now, I will say this too. <laughs> on the screen, the saber looks white. So I'm sure some people out there were like, Ahsoka's back. Yeah. Um, but... After we see Grogu's ears perk up, uh -huh. and then I think, is this when Moff attempts to off himself? Mm -hmm. He and attempts to kill Bo-Katan, then he attempts to kill the, the child. child, then he attempts to kill himself. Okay, and then it, it fails in all three. Yeah, he like, does. I'm glad, stick to the Darksaber. I'm glad that Kara uh, came through there, because yeah. again... I would be upset if we were done with Moff Gideon because I still have tons of questions. Yeah. But anyway, back to the scene. And then, so we finally then get confirmation as he's walking across like that bridge uh, that it's a green saber. And then we eat, they even zoom in a little bit on his hilt. Mm -hmm. uh, and at that point, I was like, all right, Luke Skywalker. Because to be honest, up until I saw the hilt, there was a chance that that was Ezra Bridger. He's yeah. got a green saber. Yeah. So up until they um, they showed the hilt, for me I was it was um, iffy. for me. And like I said, I knew it, but the confirmation for me was: you see his hand go this way, and it's a bare hand. And it, yeah. And then you see his hand go this way, it's and glove. it's a glove. And I was yeah. like, okay, <laughs> yeah, nice. Yeah, so, 
and kind of and back. he's he's slicing through the dark troopers with ease with ease and where the force abilities yeah <laughs> yeah ba you were touching on this earlier what were your thoughts on this iteration of luke skywalker I wish it was present in the uh, the sequels. But I knew you would say that. <laughs> I'm glad that, that Favreau and Filoni saved the okay. character for me personally. Yeah. Okay. Now Save the character. Save the character. Big statements Man. here on Mando Talk. Man. I mean, okay. I mean, Making it happen. I mean, we know that he's going to have a fall here soon. Right. But. but I do think that it's cool to still see that, yes, Luke Skywalker. He is very powerful. Luke Skywalker is the Luke Skywalker that you always imagined yeah. him to be. Uh, but... Here in about 20 years, he's going to lose somebody to the dark side that he really loves. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he probably viewed as a son, honestly. Yeah. Uh, so I, I do think, I know there's people out there that are like, oh, this Luke's so much better than the sequel Luke. And I get that. I get that take. But we got to, again, keep in mind, this is all canon. So it's the same Luke. And I think that's just really important to point out that it, I think it helps. May, may, does it help you a little bit with like understanding Luke Skywalker in the sequels or coping with it at least? Probably not. I was just going to. He's like, fair enough. I was just going to pose the question. Fair enough. And this, and this probably isn't isn't appropriate for the episode we're doing right now because yeah, I know we'll speculate man. a little bit more. But uh, we know that he's going to be a bad teacher, right? Because yes. he's going to have Kylo turn. Well, with ben, what's going to happen to Grogu? If he's getting yeah, subpar teaching, so I've been wondering that's a great that question. Too. That's a that's We're a terrific that. question. Let's save that question to the end of the, this episode. If uh-huh. not in this episode, the next episode. I don't know. Yeah. We might when touch we do on the it a speculation bit. for season three. I do feel like it might be least. natural for us to at least touch on it tonight okay. a little bit. Okay. Uh, so um, let's go ahead and just do it since he uh, asked. Well, let's go ahead and talk about. I it. want yeah, to talk did. about one more scene. <laughs> okay. What were you going to say, BA? What were you going to say, BA? I was just going to put emphasis on the subpar teaching part of that. Okay. Okay. I think, personally, we're not done with Grogu. I think Grogu is going to have one of those moments that Luke has in Empire Strikes Back, that Rey has in The Last Jedi, where they sense that their friends are in trouble. Oh. And I think Grogu is going to sense somehow that Bo and... In are really close to getting to Mandalore, uh, getting that accomplished, and he's going to feel that tremor in the Force. And obviously, Grogu can't hop in an X-wing or a Falcon to take off and go to save the day like yeah, those only other two characters. <laughs> uh, but maybe he talks and he's able to relate to Luke about it because Luke's been in the same situation before, um, and he comes back that way. And I I don't know if that even answered your question, man. Okay, but to to kind of go back to your question, I do think that he's not around uh, for the Ben Solo fallout. So I do think that Luke is real, uh, still a very solid teacher for Grogu, and I think we'll see a very powerful Grogu the next time we see him. Okay. Ben Solo right is probably what four or five right now. Three or four. I would say it probably took one to two years for Leia and Han to get a little busy, but uh, well, <laughs> okay. I mean, you got to think. Um, so they start the training very young. <laughs> yeah. Well, and he's already been training. Oh, you're talking about Ben still. Ben. Sorry, sorry. Gotcha. So, do you think he's in the custody of Luke now? I don't think so. Not yet. You don't? I don't think yet, personally. I mean, they start pretty young. I would have to look back at the Kylo Ren comics. There's been stuff out there. I don't think he's that young quite, though. 
Okay, I'm gonna go poodoo on y'all's speculation and bring it back to finishing (laughs) the episode and explaining why (laughs) me and Caleb got emotional. So, finally, you know, Luke is getting up the elevator. There's that last hallway of Dark Troopers. And Mm -hmm. this reminded me of Darth Vader in Rogue One a little bit. That's exactly what it reminded me of. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Agreed. Um, And we get to see, you know, like, like we power. were talking about the power that Luke had, um, especially when he takes down the last dark trooper, mm-hmm. um, yep. and he's crushing it with the force, mm-hmm. and that was all of that was just awesome to see. And I think for you, just like it was for me, it was emotional seeing that because this is a character that we've grown up with. Yeah, this is the main character in the Star Wars that we grew up right. watching, and. To see him in the in this on the screen again in a way that we haven't seen him, yeah, and with the power, the potential that we always wanted to see him having, that that's what got to me. No, I would <laughs> I would just echo all of that. Um, it really is like, you know, the moments you're growing up as a kid and you're imagining yourself as Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Yep. That's how you would imagine yourself. <laughs> and that's how you would imagine Luke Skywalker would yep. be after Return of the Jedi. Um, yep. So, yeah, it, it really does play at your childhood memories when you see that. Well, that's Absolutely. not what got my emotions going. I didn't cry. But um, <laughs> um, that's, that's cool if you want to cry. But uh, what got my emotions going was the handoff from yeah. Din to Luke. But, so, and that's the other part, too. Yeah, yeah that was pretty but emotional. But stepping back just a second, something that got me wondering was, you know, the dark troopers stopped yeah, when that was Luke Skywalker. Do you think they're Force-sensitive? Do you think that's what the mid- midichlorians are for? Huh. And to they pump. can sense it? They can sense the Force? Because well, what he said was... Uh, or what Moff Gideon said was, the only people that will still be alive is me and the child. So mm-hmm. do you think they're trained not to kill people with midichlorians in them? I think that's a good possibility. And I think they're trained to to sense high midichlorian count. Not that they're trained to sense the Force. I think those are a little bit different. They're hmm. just sensed to feel that someone has high midichlorian count, and when they do, it's either attack or protect, I guess. Okay. This is cool. Uh, well, I just noticed that they stopped when Luke got near. Yeah, they did. Do you think... Mm. They all turned around to face right. the direction of the threat. True. Well, so they know, like, they could sense that he was coming. Yeah. And then the other thing was, is, like, do you think he forced told them to stop? Mm-hmm. Like, that powerful, huh? Like, Luke was that powerful? To get him to just stop yeah, Stone Cold. Yeah, he was just, Whoa. like, doing a drive-by. <laughs> drive-by in his X-Wing. He was like... Stop. Stop, you will. Those are not the doors you're pounding. <laughs> Whoa. That'd be cool. That'd that would be cool. be cool. I don't know. <laughs> I mean, because... Like, tel- telepathically? Yeah. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> Although, how does he know... That obviously, the answer is going to be through the Force. How does well, he know that Dark Troopers are in there, but... Through, through the, the child. <laughs> yeah. Through, because the yeah. child was... Oh, okay. Yeah, that's... Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like because we see them connect as he's riding by because we see you know uh, Grogu perk up and then his ears and and then he starts watching the monitor and he's like 
Oh, that's my homeboy. I saw him <laughs> like last week when I was sitting on that rock. You know. Yeah. Oh yeah. man, that would be cool to see Luke's perspective perspective of connecting with Grogu. Mm-hmm. Do you think he was on the rock where he was? Or no, that was after he exiled. Yeah, that was. I shouldn't say that would be pretty cool. Yeah, that would be cool regardless. But he's probably somewhere that's pretty cool for a Jedi to meditate. I yeah, mean, Jedi yeah. seem to pick out. And pretty I cool feel spots. like mm, this all got me thinking: What if Luke saw through Grogu's eyes where he was? Why he was in trouble, you know. He force timed him, <laughs> and because I mean, Yoda oh, talks to okay. Luke about how Luke saw Han and Leia and the trouble that they were in, right? And think about if you're a force being, if you're a force capable being, if you're a Jedi, and you can see the future like that, and you're powerful like we see Luke is. Well, we do. Can see... you see across space and time? Well, yeah, yeah, that's true because Anakin saw that Padme died during childbirth, so we know that they can see into the future. Yeah, yeah, I think somehow wouldn't that connection happen when Grogu was on Tython? Either Mm -hmm. a Luke just felt another Force user out there, and we know that Luke's still trying to establish a Jedi Academy currently, so he's going to hunt down all Jedi possible to train them. I think that's one option. Or B, I think he did somehow sense through the Force that this individual that's connecting with me currently is fixing to be in trouble soon, so I'm going to track him down. I think yeah. either or is a, certainly a possibility, no doubt. Uh, but yeah, to kind of conclude the whole Luke thing, and I'll go ahead and say it, all I think all four of us here, honestly, Luke wasn't our preferred Jedi to show up. Is that kind of true? I think yeah, we all kind of came to that of conclusion. Season, yeah. Like, we didn't want it well, to necessarily connect to the Skywalkers as much. Yeah. I didn't. Right. Um, I'll admit that, yeah. So but I'm not disappointed. Right. And yeah, that, that's either. what I was going to say. <laughs> like, I think I'll go ahead and say it. We might have initially pushed back to Luke, but the execution of this, yeah. I mean, you can't complain about it. I'm not – I couldn't ask for more. I would not have been honestly if it had been Ezra. I would not. I would not be this happy. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't have been that emotional. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because again, it goes back to you spend your whole life uh, just reflecting on this character. Uh, and me as a kid, I would somehow try to act like the character and, yeah. and emulate some of the, his traits into my <laughs> life. Uh, so yeah, I I couldn't have asked for a better moment. And I think a lot of Star Wars fans out there are probably feeling that. Mm-hmm. Uh, so regardless of how you felt about the CGI, uh, whenever he took off the hood, uh, the voice or any of that kind of stuff, just take a step back. If you're finding yourself being negative about that and just realizing the fact that we got an epic Luke Skywalker. Yeah. So I'm sure BA is appreciative of that, but also I think all Star Wars fans should just be appreciative of that fact that right. we finally got that cool green Skywalker saber in hardcore action again. Yeah. Right. I and that's what I was going to say with, you know. Uh, and you you said it before I did, but you know in Rogue One we get the raw youth power of Dark Va- uh, Darth Vader, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and now we're getting the raw youth trained power of Luke Skywalker. Yeah, in full Jedi, which we don't. I mean, we do get in Return of the Jedi, but mm-hmm. it's not like. It's not comparable to what we got tonight. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's no, a I different think, type of power. Well, and I also think it's too. Just you think like extreme strength. You think about how films were shot too. I, I think 
it's compared. I mean, Ray had pretty epic scenes because they're able to shoot scenes like that now. Yeah. I feel like if Return of the Jedi had been filmed in this time frame, we would have seen that exact same kind of action from Luke. So yeah. I don't know. I just feel like he's more refined. Oh yeah, no, I as far as his capabilities yeah. and everything. You know, Return of the Jedi, he's still sort of, sort of like to me. Padawan Anakin is stronger than Luke is. Jedi Knight Anakin. Yeah. Okay. Well, when he's under Obi-Wan in like Attack of the Clones. I gotcha. I think that Anakin is more powerful than Luke in Return of the Jedi. Yeah, I would I would kind of agree with that, I think. Because, you know, he go he's going through the proper training and has been since he was what, ten? Mm-hmm. So um I don't know. That's and an interesting then, take. What do you think out there listening? Who's more powerful, Return of the Jedi Luke or Attack, Attack of the, the Clones, Clones Anakin? Anakin? That's a good poll question, honestly. I think I think Anakin. I'm going with Anakin. Of Both course Anakin. you are. I mean, Anakin's your favorite character. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but I mean, I'm feeling that this way with like Mandalorian Luke. We can say that now. That's crazy. Yeah, that is crazy. <laughs> yeah, we just need to reflect on that a little yeah. bit. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, Mandalorian Luke. Uh, is more powerful than I think. Mm. Yeah. Revenge of the Sith, Anakin. Oof, oof! I don't know about that. I mean, mm. think about it. Though. I don't know well, about that. Okay. <laughs> um. Yeah, I agree. Would you? Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> wow. I think that's another poll question. Absolutely. That one's tougher. I think that he's close. I well, we're talking about how his power in this episode reminds us of Darth Vader's power in True. Rogue One. That's a very yeah. I think that yeah. this, I mean it's just I think that this Luke Skywalker is as powerful if not more so because it's not the Jedi way to exert your power onto things. Agreed. He might be more powerful than Darth Vader was in his entire life. Yeah. Well, and another thing I was thinking of is like it's more practiced. Like, I think they practice more now that they are. That's all. Like, in Rogue One, Darth Vader had been Darth Vader for a little while. Mm-hmm. And so he knows how to be Darth Vader. Just like Luke Skywalker has been Luke Skywalker the last Jedi until like 20 years later. Mm-hmm. I mean. Well, until now, I guess. Now uh, he's got Grogu. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> Anyway, sorry. <laughs> but yeah, so like it's it's more of a refined power. Yeah. I that's the way I'm feeling. I I don't know. No, I that's fair. I that's mean, a it's fair just argument. it's just fluid. He knows what his next move is just yeah. Phew, yeah. and push and then choke and then like squeeze and crush uh-huh. and like it's <laughs> graceful. Slice. It's very Crash great, burn. very graceful. graceful. It. Like he knows what he's doing. Boom. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's practiced. He's he's, you know, practiced. It's in tune with the Force. Yeah. And like, you know, one with this, the force, the force. this is the Luke that <laughs> fans have wanted to see for yes, a long it time. Is. It is. And they so, executed. Um, we see him take off the hood. Uh, right. We see him take off the hood and, you know, he says that, you know, it's time for Grogu to go with me. And train. Yep. And he says that talent not not practiced is talent wasted pretty something much, like that pretty much so he's he says that um he's only afraid he uh, he the only reason he doesn't want to go is because he wants 
Mando's permission. permission to go. I thought that was powerful. Uh, yeah, that one made and me. And that's yeah. when it that's <laughs> when it got tough for emotional you. for me. Yeah. Not like no, I got gotcha. you. But like that's when I was like, oh gosh, because like then you see, and I knew. I knew the helmet was going to come off. Yeah, again. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, was, yeah, yeah. And I was like, if because I'm sitting here thinking like they're looking back and forth at each other. I was like, if he doesn't take his helmet off, oh, I'm gonna be he, so he, mad. He touches his little hand on his helmet. Yeah, and then Pedro starts tearing <laughs> up. I mean, it's perfect. I mean, very good acting. It was a very incredible way to end the season. So Luke and R two and Grogu are are in the yeah. elevator, and they have hey, one last I got look a question. Do you think? R2 and Grogu recognize Absolutely. each other? Absolutely. I do. <laughs> I, I think so. I didn't even think about that either. Yeah. Because R2 see, definitely recognizes the Yoda <laughs> part. Get yeah. The Yoda yeah, aspect yeah. of it. Do you think he's like, wow, look at this toy? <laughs> <laughs> I think they're yeah, definitely. Yeah, he has a full-on conversation with Grogu. <laughs> there's definitely like, uh, you're fixing to be my new best friend kind uh-huh. of moment right there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was cool. Uh, just that entire sequence was cool. It was emotional. It tugged at your heartstrings. I would agree. I would second that Din saying goodbye to Grogu was just as emotional as Luke arriving and being back. Um, and we end there. Din, Kara, Finnick, Bo, Casca, and Moff Gideon are all in the cruiser. And we're, we say goodbye there. And Grogu and Luke go their separate ways in R2. And so I'm wrong again. <laughs> I thought that... Uh, Grogu would speak by the end of the season, and yeah. he did not. I think we and I, think I, I was wanting it when he got in the elevator. I was wanting him to go, and he didn't even reach out and like wave or anything. Yeah, I was wanting him because he just like held on to Luke's glove, and that's fine. Mm-hmm. But I was wanting him to be like, you know, Din, bye, Dad, <laughs> or like Din or something. Yeah, it would have been Mando, cool. but I will say this. <laughs> For me, um, in Star Wars, I think silence with emotional music is more powerful than dialogue. Yeah. In Star Wars for me sometimes. And I think that was one of those moments. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. That's a good that's a good point right there. Revenge of the Sith when Darth Vader loses his stuff. Yeah. <laughs> or the um uh the remastered uh Return of the Jedi. Yeah, when they, they made Darth that, Vader do yeah. that same thing. But anyway, we <laughs> anyway. hope that you enjoyed that chapter. But guess what? We're not done there. <laughs> There's an end credit scene, guys, and I don't know if this teases the future of the Mandalorian show or if it's a spinoff or what. I know people are going crazy out there, but mm-hmm. regardless, stick around for the end credits. And I'm sure, again, if you are listening at this point, hopefully you've seen the, after the end credits. Uh, we go to Tatooine. We go to Jabba's palace specifically. Uh, and Bib Fortuna sits at the hut throne, and he has gained some weight. Yeah. Uh, and Finnick just comes down there, wipes out all the Gamorrean guards, <laughs> wipes out all of Bib Fortuna's crew, uh, peeps, and Boba Fett comes down there. And Bib's like, oh, I'm glad that you're back home, basically. And Boba's like, nah, he offs him. <laughs> and we get a really cool moment. Y'all know you're I'm, a big, you're a, I'm a big throne guy because <laughs> of the thing that Game of Thrones just... Put inside me, uh, when Boba sits at that seat, I got chills. And it then it flashes and it says, The Book of Boba Fett, coming in December 2021. So, a lot of people online are going crazy. And I did this research real quick before we came back here. 
Uh, a lot of people think that this is a complete, entire, different spinoff show. Boba Fett yeah. focused. A lot of people think that season three is going to be focused on Boba Fett, and we're taking a break from Din Djarin and Bo-Katan for the time being. For me personally, I don't know how y'all feel. If y'all if y'all want to dive into that, we can. Uh, we can talk about that. But for me, honestly, I'm just excited that we're going to get Boba Fett more, and I'm not necessarily yeah. worried about what's outside of that currently. I think there's too much money involved for them to not come back to Din Djarin and Grogu at some point. So I still think we're getting that story finished, regardless if it's season three of The Mandalorian we focus on Boba Fett or it's an entire different thing. What, so, what was y'all's thoughts on that reveal, Nolan? I'll go to you first. So talking about the money, um, you know, they already said that The Mandalorian is coming back mm-hmm. in December of 2021. Right, same time, which same makes time. it questionable. And for me, they I wouldn't think they would release two things of that magnitude on top of each other. Agreed. It doesn't make any marketing sense, sense at all. <laughs> so Agreed. I I am leaning towards the rumors of this is the next chapter in the Mandalorian. Okay. And you know, we might do a season on the book of, you know, because you read something on the internet that was like yeah. the first two seasons was the book of Din Djarin. Mm-hmm. The first or the next season will be the book of Boba Fett, mm-hmm. and then the next season will be the book of, uh, you know, Bo-Katan and Mandalore or something right. like that. You know, or just keep going through like that. So, I mean, I'm, I'm not sure which but, would line up with them labeling these as chapters, right? And not episodes. I mean, that'd be pretty cool, huh? Wow. Did not think about it like that. <laughs> so, I yeah. don't know. I didn't think about it like that, but that pot- makes perfect sense. There's potential. Now, yeah, I don't know I don't know which one I prefer. I do not know which one I prefer because I don't want to be done with Din, and I don't want to be done with Grogu. No, um, me either. Me either. I don't know. And I've, I'm seeing, again, conflicting stuff. So, like, there's that possibility where Season 3 is Boba Fett. Uh, but there's also I've seen possibility that the Boba Fett, the book of Boba Fett's really short, and it's just going to be something that they do after season three of The Mandalorian has finished viewing. You, in you know what would make it okay with Sorry. me though, is <laughs> if a later season picked back up on Din Djarin. Yeah. Or, you know, I want Din Djarin to be involved in the entire thing. Mm-hmm. You know, he should be the main character throughout it all. Mm-hmm. Um, in my opinion, mm-hmm. but to pick back up on Grogu in another book, that's how it, how it would make it okay for me for yeah. the next season to be the book of Boba Fett. Okay. Um, like you were saying after after the episode was over, if we went through a season that was the book of Boba Fett, the book of uh, Bo Katan. Then the book of, um, for some reason, Grogu comes back because mm-hmm. he can tell through the Force that Din Djarin and Bo-Katan are in trouble mm-hmm. or something like that. That would make it okay with me. Yeah. It'd be really cool if they ended on the book of Mandalore, and that's how all of it ends. Yeah. That'd be really <laughs> cool. I don't know. I mean... The possibilities are endless. B.A., what are your thoughts on just the ending, and maybe what do you think the future of The Mandalorian is? I was just, I was gonna, I'm going to pose a question to you guys. Do you think, because okay. we've talked about it a lot through every chapter, I think, and even our rewatch, 
about and all the speculation that we had, do you think there's become an oversaturation of like original trilogy characters and old characters that the Mandalorian has lost some of its charm? I do think that they did put a lot of their eggs in the basket of season two. That I don't know who yeah, else they could true. bring in uh, mm-hmm. in a Din Djarin story, and that does tend to make you lean toward the next season of Mandalorian is Boba Fett's book. Quote, yeah. Quote. Well, I mean, it doesn't say it's not the Din Djarin; it's the Mandalorian. Right. And so I think that gives them um, a little bit of flexi- flexibility. Flexibility with their mm-hmm. characters. So and you know, we get a lot of background on Boba Fett this season. And for me, I'm I'm not finished with Din Djarin, but there's nowhere to go other than back to Mandalore yeah. for me and Din, Din Djarin. Din Djarin's mission of getting Grogu to the Jedi has been finished. Yeah. His mission that was given yeah. to him in chapter Prime 1 to be safe. Uh, yeah. He has finished that mission. So, yeah, I would say the only place for Din left to go now is Mandalore with Bo. But the only obstacle in their way is Moff. Yeah. Uh, Moff's not going to just go down without a fight. And I don't I think they're going to get something. to Mandalore just perfectly easily. And I just thought of something. All the different divisions and sects within Mandalorians themselves, mm-hmm. like the Watch... And, you know, like Boba Fett himself. Right. Um, that could be another obstacle for yeah, yeah, this yeah. going forward. Oh, here's another thing that I picked up on when you said that it reminded me. Yeah. Um, you know, Din doesn't pick his helmet back up. Huh. He just kind of stands there. He stands there. I think he's done. Uh, he's not done with the helmet. He's going to keep using it like Bo-Katan does. I think he's moved past that creed, though. You think so? Think Ooh, so sorry, what's going to happen? I, I what's going to happen? Off, what's going to happen when he meets the armor? Yeah, when he we, when he meets because we have the watch again. Any clarity on that? So I do think there again, there's another story then for next season or yeah. a future season, whenever they decide to do it. <laughs> I will honestly, and I'll go ahead and say it. I don't think this is going to ruin our record. We're 100. percent We're not done with Din Djarin. Oh, they're no. not going to leave Din Djarin with a dark saber and claim to the Mandalorian throne and not go back to his character, even though he finished the Grogu mission. Like, they're not just going to do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is finally their opportunity to finally explain Mandalorian culture and how it connects to all of this Skywalker saga stuff uh, yeah. throughout all of these years. So I don't think they're done. Uh, and now I did say last week that I'm glad that the Mandalorian is still focusing on Din Djarin because it's still Din Djarin's story. I mm-hmm. do still hope that that's the case. I think yeah, right too. now, personally, while I'm extremely excited for the book of Boba Fett, I still, for some reason, want those two separated. Not necessarily that they don't interweave. I don't know why I feel that way. I just want to see Din Djarin again next yeah. December as well is what I'm saying. I just don't want it to only be Boba Fett. Yeah, I would agree with that 100%. My preferred, <laughs> personally, would be that they are separate things. Yeah. My preferred thing, I guess, to kind of wrap up my thing, um, would be they stick to season three like normal for Mandalorian. Yeah. And maybe the book of Boba Fett is just something short that they do right after season three wraps up. That way, Star Wars is, again, just trying to claim the entire month of December. Yeah. Like they did with the movies, basically. Because for us, you know, the Mandalorian, in the context of this show, has always been Din Djarin. Right. You know? Yeah. I feel like that probably 
to me, I don't want that to change, really. Yeah. We like this character. And a lot of people like this character. Yeah. A lot of people love Grogu, and I'm a little worried, too, if they decide to not have Grogu in the show anymore, are, like, common viewers going to continue to show up as much? Yeah. That's one question that I have. I'm not afraid of that. I'm thinking that we're going to get little peeps into his training every so often. That would be cool. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> John Favreau talked about it at the beginning of this thing that he wanted this to turn into Game of Thrones. He's got that opportunity. He's mm-hmm. got his important character, Grogu, in one location. Yeah. He's got Din Djarin <laughs> in one location. He's got Boba yep. Fett in one location. His Game of Thrones reality thing that he wanted to do, we talked about way back in August. It's right here. It's there mm-hmm. at his feet if he wants to pursue it. So we'll see. Uh, regardless, I hope that all of you listening... Really enjoyed that finale. It was a great ride. And again, I don't know how y'all feel here, but for me personally, this is probably the most excited for Star Wars I've been since The Force Awakens. So, And this is the five-year anniversary today. So five years it's been since I've felt this kind of excitement for the future. They got a lot of things going on. They got a lot of shows in this Mandalorian time frame that are going to connect with each other. And guess what? Since it's in the Mandalorian time frame, then you can always count on Mando Talk to talk about that so we're gonna (laughs) be sticking around we're always gonna be here to talk star wars uh and we're always gonna be here to connect with you guys so we really appreciate you listening uh and let us know what you thought about the finale reach out to us on socials follow us on facebook twitter instagram at mando talk talk to us and we'll talk back with you um ba what are your final just sum it up what did you think about the finale Kind of at a loss for words, if I'm being honest. There's a lot going on in Star Wars. Yeah. And I know we felt like you mentioned this for that new sequel trilogy, but I think I think it's been so long that this is a refreshing taste that for Star Wars fans to have so much to look forward to. I would agree. I would so. agree to that. Jacob, what are your final closing thoughts? Yeah, I mean, same here. Um, I'm just, uh, you know, I'm just like, I'm actually feeling grateful that we got this the close to this season that we did that we got the story that we did over yeah. these past two seasons and man i'm so looking forward to the next chapter next um, year <laughs> yeah next year, next year <laughs> where away. the next chapter is yeah um and i it'll be a long wait but it'll be worth it i can't wait but i'm looking forward to it yeah. um and like you said, B.A., uh, this is something that I think a lot of Star Wars fans should um, be happy about, you mm-hmm. know, because, like you said, it's like a, a fresh taste, a fresh perspective, of a new good story that we get to see yeah. in Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, Nolan, why don't you, A, finish, like, con- throw out any conclusions you have for Season 2 of The Mandalorian, but also... Um, Let's throw a message out to those that have always been sticking with us throughout this season. Yeah. So, first of all, my thoughts on this final episode of The Mandalorian Season 2 were very excited, um, a little spoiled, but... (laughs) That does suck, man. I'm so sorry. I mean, it's like, yeah, Yeah. but it's okay, because 
honestly, you guys are great. You guys are why we're here. So we appreciate everybody that's hung out with us and um, and has been with us for the duration the past couple of years, and we want to keep doing it. So uh, from us to you guys, uh, happy holidays, Merry yes. Christmas, yes. and we have spoken. <laughs>